Hello and welcome to the Bloom Booster Podcast, a cannabis business and culture show where we dive into how to build cannabis brands and businesses. I'm your host, Sam Q. Grows Houston, and today's episode features an interview with David Bienenstock, a cannabis journalist at Leafly and Vice, and he's also a podcaster with a great show that he co-hosts called Great Moments in Weed History with Abdullah Saeed, which you may also recognize from Vice. Um, their new uh, season three premieres this week, actually, so check it out. You can uh, learn more about their show on Twitter at Podcast. Uh, you can also learn more about David on his website at davidbeanandstock.com. Um, but before we kick off the interview, I wanted to make a couple notes. David um, had a little bit of background background noise during his interview. Uh, it was almost dinner time, so you'll hear some silverware sounds kind of clinking in the background. Um, so apologies there. I also wanted to thank everyone for sticking with this podcast and for your patience over the last couple months since our last episode in December. I know it's been a little while and I apologize for that. Life has been crazy and it's just about to get more crazy. But uh, this is the episode that's going to start a new series of episodes that I plan to release regularly. I'm still figuring out my schedule, but due to the COVID-19 shutdown right now, it's uh, currently mid-March 2020 and I have no long, I have no idea. Uh, no one really knows how long the shutdown and everything's going to go on. So I suspect that I'm going to have a lot of time to produce more podcasts in the future. So if you have any ideas, feel free to email me at sam at cannabuzz.app with your ideas of who I should interview. Um, I'd love to, to hear it, hear you out. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. It really helps us grow um, and spread the word. If you could also spread the word on Instagram, Discord, Twitter, wherever else you're hanging out, I would really appreciate it. Uh, and that's it. So thank you so much for hanging out. We're going to go right into David's interview where we talk about the future of cannabis media, how can you uh, become a cannabis journalist, and much more. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bloom Booster podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have with me David Bienenstock. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Um, you've and you're involved in a number of different things. So rather than me kind of like highlighting a few or whatever, I'd love to hear you kind of how you introduce yourself and what you do in the uh, cannabis world. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh I'd say primarily right now, I'd love people to check out my podcast, which is Great Moments in Weed History. I do it with uh, Abdullah Saeed as my co-host. He was the uh, host on Bong Appetit, on Vice, he's on High Maintenance, and I've been a journalist covering uh, cannabis for more than 15 years. I did a long stint at High Times when it was uh, independently run. Uh, don't have anything to do with them now. Uh, I write a lot now for Leafly. I've done a lot of writing and producing for Vice. Uh, so that's, yeah, caught up yeah. to speed. Yeah. Um, I'm really, today I, I was really interested in talking to you about your experience as a cannabis journalist and a cannabis uh, content creator, because you have, uh, you, you, like you were saying, you're not just writing stuff, you're doing some video, you're doing audio podcasts, you're doing a lot of different things. Um, you guys do your show live at different events. Um, we, I saw you at the Emerald Cup, um, saw the show, and then actually we that's where we met. 
um, up in Santa Rosa. Um, but the, take me back, I guess, how, how did you get your start in uh, cannabis journalism? Um, and then later, later on, we'll go uh, and talk about what's kind of the landscape today. But yeah, how did you kind of get your start? You, you were, you've been doing this for a while and you were doing, working with uh, High Times way back about what, like 19 years ago or so? Yeah, wow, time flies. Uh, yeah. I, I always like to say, you know, I began heavily uh, researching the subject in college, but <laughs> yeah. that was mostly bong hits and uh, frisbee out on the quad. No, I've, I've, I've always been interested in cannabis, you know, since it first came into my life, just intensely interested in it. Um, combination of it's really brought a lot into my life personally, you know, as a, as a medicine, as a uh, catalyst to creativity, you know, as something that was very helpful to me as a younger person. And then on the flip side, just always very angry about the war on drugs in general, the war on cannabis in particular, you know, having those two uh, things at the same time, seeing the value in this plant for myself, for so many other people, and then seeing the just terrible damage of this war on drugs. Uh, and so I pursued journalism and uh, I was a working journalist for a little bit. And then I had a friend say, hey, I think you should check out this one ad. And it was a one ad for High Times. Uh, and that really allowed me to combine those two passions. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get too into what High Times is now. I'll just say don't uh, don't invest in them. Uh, <laughs> I personally have nothing to do with them. They're run out of a hedge fund office. Uh, but at the time when I started there, it it was an independently operated company. It was a collection of misfits and renegades. And um, it's a place where I learned a lot about journalism. It's a place where I learned so much about cannabis and, and really discovered that the other element I didn't really understand. I understand stood how it helped me personally, how it opened uh, world's up to me personally. I understood the damage of the war on drugs, but through high times, I was really um, immersed in the culture of cannabis. Uh, you know, got to see my first plant that was actually growing, got to go out to Humboldt County. Um, and while back in the day, I wrote a lot of articles about people who had gotten busted, people who had had their uh, lives torn apart, people who had gone to prison, um, I also met growers, I met uh, smugglers, I met, I interviewed a lot of artists who, you know, all of whom you begin to realize comprise this culture. It's a, it's on the one hand, an oppressed culture, you know, six, 700,000 arrests a year in the United States alone, disproportionately right. targeting uh, the poor and minorities. Um, but it's also the culture that, um, you know, is is a resistance culture, is a defiance culture, but also creates um, incredible music, movies, um, art scenes, and now events and, and, you know, all kinds of culture. It's really come up from the underground. 
Uh, and something that I just try to focus on is as we move up from the underground uh, into this age of legality, I just want to continue to honor uh, the culture that got us here. You know, cannabis was not legalized by CEOs or politicians. Uh, it was it was a, a grassroots, uh, you're going to have to get used to the word puns, uh, uh, the weed puns. It was a grassroots right. movement and, and an outlaw history. And that's something that on the podcast um, we talk about all the time. And we're, we're trying to tell these stories that I'm otherwise afraid are going to be uh, lost to history and, and that this culture should really uh, know and be proud of. And, uh, you know, as Bob Marley said, if you know your history, then you know where you're coming from. Before we jump into the rest of the interview, I just wanted to thank all of the sponsors of this episode. Firstly, I wanted to thank Cannabis. Cannabis is a cannabis social network, just like Instagram or anything else, but it's safe for the cannabis community. You can check us out on cannabis.app or on the Google Play Store or iTunes App Store. Just search uh, Cannabis and you'll be able to find us. I also wanted to thank Confident Cannabis. Confident Cannabis is launching a cannabis wholesale platform. It's the only lab verified business to business cannabis wholesale solution. It's really cool. If you go check it out, um, go to gocanna.cc slash hey ca. That's h-e-y-c-a. Gocanna.cc slash hey ca. And you'll be able to sign up um, and get early access to it. It's a really awesome platform that any licensed cannabis producer, processor, wholesaler, or retailer, you can showcase and discover products from verified businesses with test results, and you can see all sorts of stuff. It's really, really cool. So go check them out at Confident Cannabis, and I want to thank them for sponsoring uh, the show and for con- sponsoring Cannabis. And lastly, I want to thank our friends over at Optic Foliar. Optic Foliar make an awesome foliar spray. They actually make a whole suite of sprays that you can buy on Amazon or you can even find at your local retailer. Make sure to type into Amazon Optic Foliar. Look up. I really love Overgrow. It's kind of an all together uh, great foliar spray that you can even spray with the lights on. You don't have to worry about burning your plants in the sun and it uh, provides micronutrients and it even helps kind of uh, correct some deficiencies that you might have in your plants. So it's really worth checking out. Opticfoliar.ca on the web, or just type in Opticfoliar on Amazon and you can find them. Thank you so much, everyone. And uh, let's go back to the show. Right, totally. Yeah, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the show is hearing um, all the different stories um, and some often stories that I wouldn't necessarily think I'd be interested in or really care about or whatever. And they end up being really interesting um, and have like, you know, funny anecdotes and, and all those sorts of things. So I definitely um, suggest to the listeners to check out um, your show. I really enjoy it. Um, so with to the, the cannabis landscape or an industry has, has changed quite a bit over the last several years. Um, and the cannabis uh, news and like journalist space has really changed over the last couple of years. Um, what do you think about the space today as, uh, you know, if you were talking to someone that is interested in trying to write and kind of work in this 
sort of industry? What do you think are kind of the paths to do that? Um, I know you have a, a Patreon to help monetize your podcast and um, you do some other different things. So I'm kind of curious what your kind of no bullshit take is on what it's like to to do what you do uh, today in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I'd say for anybody who wants to be a journalist or let's just say a media maker, because as you said, we have uh, I work on the podcast, I've produced uh TV shows. So, you know, it's all based around storytelling. Journalism is one kind of storytelling. Uh, We do a different but related kind on great moments in weed history. You know, there the story is, you know, Willie Nelson smoked a joint on the roof of the White House. And we'll talk about that for the whole episode or Napoleon invaded Egypt. And that's how Hash got to Europe. We still hold ourselves to the standard of journalism and, uh, being historians, you know, not to be, you know, full of ourselves, but, you know, I spend a lot of time researching those stories. Um, But then we have a new format for it, a way to tell it that is, as you say, hopefully entertaining and funny and, and we have a lot of fun on the show. So I think the first bit of advice I would have to anybody, if you, if, if, if it's specifically about cannabis uh, and media making is, is, learn a lot about both, gain skills in both. Um, You know, knowing about cannabis enough to tell stories around it isn't about how much weed you smoke or knowing all the different strains. It's understanding this culture, this history. Um, And there's a lot of great books around that. You know, our, our podcast is one way into those stories, but you know, read a book like uh, Smoke Signals by Martin Lee. That's more of a dry chronological. I don't want to say dry. It's a it's a fun read, uh, but it's 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 more of a, you know, in-depth look at the history from start to finish. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, storytelling is is a craft. Um, you know, I think a lot of people understand uh, that if they've never played the piano before and they sit down to play the piano, they're not going to be great at it. You may have the seeds of uh, greatness within you, but it will take uh, practice and work. Um, and then I think my last bit of advice, so, so that's not to be discouraging, that's actually to be encouraging. Um, right, you know, it takes time. It takes time, it takes work. It, 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 if it's not enjoyable, then it's not the life to pursue. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to, to uh, after a lot of years, uh, make a living at this, uh, but it's certainly not something you should go into uh, <laughs> as, 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 as a quick path to riches, uh, right. you know, especially not, not in 2020. Um, but that's not also not to be discouraging. It's just to say, if this isn't enjoyable to you, um, it's not the right thing to do. Um, so yeah. combine that passion and that love you have for cannabis, it should, you know, lead you to want to learn everything you can about cannabis and then just start making stuff. You know, there's sort of two routes. Um, there's the route of like, okay, maybe I can in some part play a small part in a big thing. Uh, and, and that can be great, you know, get a job with some kind of media company or, you know, but 
but there don't seem well i doesn't seem like there are that many i mean i noticed leafly kind of downsized um some of their team recently so it seems like i mean and then they do great work obviously you put out a lot of great work right around that same time um so i i i really enjoy uh what they put out there but it just seems like there's between leafly and marijuana moment and maybe a few other things out there there's not a whole lot of um cannabis journalists journalism out there i guess um you know mj uh business daily and all that kind of stuff those have uh kind of generate a lot of the content maybe i'm missing something what is your kind of take on the current status no i think it's you know the other one is you know and it's a good thing you know there's dedicated cannabis beat reporters at the washington post at politico Uh, at, at a lot of big outlets. And that's a great development because we're going to get less terrible reporting that uh, that way. And anybody who, you know, is a student of the way the media has approached cannabis over the last hundred years, going back to the Hearst era uh, to now, it's been consistently uh, misinformation. It's been consistently government propaganda basically passed along. Um, and, and, and you see less of that now, and that's a very good development, but on the flip side, you know, my critique without any specific reporter in mind is that the, the, those kinds of reporters don't tend to understand the culture. Um, and that's where I see the opportunities, particularly for younger people, particularly, you know, for people who are more interested in the culture than in mergers and acquisitions and things like that. And, and, and where this sort of came to a head is, uh, you know, there was a lot of reporting around the, let's call it vape gate, whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah, this, this situation, which is a very yeah. legitimate and, and, and in tragic people died, uh, public health situation. And you saw these stories coming out of these big outlets, the Associated Press, I'm going to call out specifically, uh, that had headlines like vape deaths led, linked to THC or deaths linked to THC vapes, uh, which would give any casual reader the idea that it was THC that in some way was dangerous. And you could read even that entire article and, and leave it with that impression when anybody who understands cannabis culture understands people have been vaporizing cannabis and, you know, within cannabis THC for decades. And that, even from the very beginning of this situation, it was clear that something had changed very quickly. And obviously that ended up being additives, uh, cuts. And uh, uh, if you wanted to say, I just would write to these reporters and say, please say tainted uh, vapes or adulterated or whatever words you would like to use to let people understand and to also stress that at least in every well-documented case, these were products that were coming uh, from the illicit market, not from the uh, licensed, tested market. And and to see, you know, reporters at places like the Associated Press either getting this wrong or uh, even worse, willfully uh, passing along, uh, I thought, purposely confusing information from the CDC... Uh, which has become a 
a real, uh, you know, indicator of something that has been wrong at the CDC. They, they were putting out uh, reports that were misleading and that would lead people to think it was THC that was the problem. Um, so, you know, if, if your goal is like, hey, I really want to be a reporter at a, at a place like the Associated Press or Politico, and I think this would be a great beat, you know, really develop yeah. your reporting skills. Those jobs are hard to get um, and learn as much as you can about cannabis so that if you do get one, you uh, will be the one to, to report these things correctly. But the real opportunity I do see is still in covering the culture. And I would say to a younger person, rather than, you know, uh, sometimes younger people come up and they say, oh, I got an idea for an HBO show. Okay, you know, you can do it. You can write it. It's a tough road. You're competing against Hollywood. Um, I could just tell you that road is is paved with with harshness and disappointment. Uh, yeah, but, but people do it. Uh, right. But there's things you can do right now. Um, you can create your own website and report. As a, as a citizen journalist, if nothing else, you can, and you know, I'm, I'm past, uh, I'm not a social media person, you know, I do it to support my work. Uh, but if you're a younger person, you can create content and distribute it in ways that were unimaginable uh, when I was a younger person. And, and if that, yeah. if that doesn't excite you, um, then, then, then this isn't the path for you. Um, that's one thing I wanted to kind of, um, touch on, um, in the kind of journalist, uh, space. I haven't seen it in cannabis yet. I don't think. Um, but I've seen it a little bit in some other industries where some journalists are creating, um, email newsletters that you pay to subscribe to. Uh, they do it through a service called Substack. Um, I think that could be an interesting idea, kind of similar to a Patreon where you could have um, paid memberships. But I think that has potential for ways to uh, support citizen journalism, like you say, or blogger or some sort of like cannabis content creators. Yeah, you know, um, I think it's an interesting model. Find your audience and then you can yeah. hopefully figure out, uh, you know, I use the word monetize a bit ironically because I hate it, but it, it, it is the right word. It's like if you're putting something out and people really love it, then you can figure it out from there. If you're putting stuff yeah. out for free and nobody pays any attention, uh, then, you know, how are you going to monetize that? make people pay attention, you know, and, and the kind of the, the way I think you got to think about it is like, look, if you're in a band, if you want to be in the free expression business, you know, think about a band that drives six hours to play for 12 people for, for, you know, quite a while. And then something starts to click and more and more people right. show up. It's like, it happens. You don't. You have to build that momentum. You have to build that momentum. You have to put in that sweat equity, and you have to make something compelling that people like. I'm not trying to act like I got it all figured out. It's like I'm trying to figure it out every single day. Uh, but sure. what I'm saying is, I've never had to like ride in a van for eight hours and and uh, you know play to seven people. But I've done plenty of things that you know at the time felt demoralizing. Uh, so make yeah. that in, you're not gonna just, 
do one thing, you know, I know that's maybe the dream with viral everything or whatever, but have reasonable expectations and, and find joy in the creating of something and then see what happens, you know? Uh, yeah. And it's like, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with a day job. Totally. Um, I well, let me know. walk that back. As an anti-capitalist, day jobs suck. <laughs> <laughs> Capitalism is horrible. I, you know, completely feel you. I'm just saying there's no, you know, if you're able to support your creative work by doing some non-creative work, um, you know, totally. there's no shame in that. And there's, you know, tons of artists have to do it, yeah. you know, have to, uh, so, you know, do some job that helps keep the lights on while they also do this other thing that they're really passionate about. Um, so on that note about, um, building an audience, I notice I don't know if you do this strategically or not, but I noticed that, um, when you guys release new seasons of your podcast that you go and guest on other podcasts, is that something that you kind of like when you're, uh, kind of planning out the release of new seasons of your podcast that you kind of think about how can I kind of build the momentum or, um, you know, audience for the release of those episodes, or I was kind of curious if you could share any sort of knowledge tidbits, um, about building an audience for your work. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other aspect of it, you know, and to me, that's to be perfectly honest, I, I enjoy going on people's talk podcasts because it's a conversation and it's fun and a lot of the work that i do is fairly solitary so that you know that's not the hard part but you know having to be your own promotional person it's it's it, it could you know some people really take to it they're shameless self-promoters i'm more of a shameful uh self-promoter i'd rather be right. making something um totally. than trying to get people to pay attention to the thing that I made, but you have to do it. And it's part of, you know, belief in yourself to, to put it out there. And, and, you know, um, it, it is, you know, as a, as a journalist, I don't think it's, you know, if you want to be a famous journalist, which every famous journalist is a fraud, uh, <laughs> basically like if you're no, I like Chris Hayes and you know what I'm saying but like being a journalist on TV if that's your goal then you don't really want to be a journalist you want to be right. a presenter yeah. and most of them come in through other means I mean most of the people on TV today are fucking like former attorneys or something like that or yeah part of the political yeah. process or whatever I'm not I'm yeah, not exactly. totally knocking them but what I'm saying is you know you know, when I write an article for Leafly, I will put it on my social media. I might email it to a few people uh, that I think would be particularly interested, et cetera, et cetera. But that's, you know, I'm and I'm fortunate to have a good relationship with with a place where they hire me to write an article. I write an article and I give it to them with the podcast. You know, it's our little special baby creation that we made ourselves that, you know, uh, the flip side is uh, Abdullah and I own the show. I don't own Leafly. Uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy working with them, but um, I have a 50% stake in the show. And I also, it's very, very personal to me. Uh, so I do want to do everything I can to get it out there. And then, of course, you know, we are always trying to grow the audience for the show because, as I said, you know, the more people care about what you're making, believe me, th then you can figure it out. 
you any any right. if you're i'm just speaking to young people now it's like people who are doing their thing know what they're doing and young people know what they're doing but it's a very easy uh trap to fall into oh if only i got discovered by this or that or if only you know i could get this person's attention or how am i going to get it's like just make something really good and hope for the best and do what you can along the way uh but put the you know somebody somebody and i'm not knocking somebody it's just a random person but somebody wrote me an email and was like hey you know i really like the podcast which is awesome also if you like something that somebody makes send them an email because it, it really means a lot and uh it's a nice thing to do but this person said i really like the show i'm thinking about making my own podcast do you have any advice and i wrote back and i said yeah you know just think really hard why would somebody who's not doesn't know me want to listen to this show and dude was like that's amazing advice and i was like oh no (laughs) you know that's not amazing advice (laughs) but it's 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 you know it's just important to have that uh in mind you're in the free expression uh business you have to create something that people want to experience or else you're just you know talking to yourself yeah what i um I kind of work in in a space in part of companies where I I kind of describe myself as like the no bullshit person, and I kind of think that's what you have to do to yourself is kind of have to no bullshit your like whatever the thing that you're creating like um, you know would people actually be interested in this thing that I'm about to put out there um, about to write or whatever would people actually care and want to share it or whatever and I think that helps be a guiding helps guide you a bit when you're creating something. I think the other thing people maybe don't understand starting out or that you learn along the way if you stick with it is, you know, I could point to uh, Abdullah and I uh, created this podcast, Great Moments in Weed History, together. We worked together on uh, Bong Appetit. He's done things without me. I've done some things without him. Uh, But that is the tip of the iceberg of the so many other things that we have uh, pitched or, you know, tried or, you know, you never know what's going to be the thing that's going to work. You have to be unafraid, uh, to try a lot of different things. You have to be pretty hardy to rejection. That's any kind of, uh, you know, life in in free expression. And, and, you know, I, I say the thing I really like about like writing and podcasting and stuff like that is I mostly fail at home. Uh, you know, maybe my wife sees me fail, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, no one's going to know if, if you, if you make something, the, 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 the big uh, benefit in maybe making something that, that doesn't catch on, that doesn't gain an audience is very few people will notice. Uh and you can have a learning experience and you can, you know, uh, dust yourself off and, and try something else or keep trying the same thing and get better at it. So. Totally. Well, um, I, that, that about wraps it up. Is there any other sort of, um, thoughts or advice you'd give to someone who's interested in being a cannabis content creator now that you're kind of in this headspace? Um, Yeah be curious what you think yeah it's right there in the name create content you know make the thing that you think the world is lacking uh 
uh, and have fun doing it, but also take it seriously. Uh, put a lot more work into it than you probably think you need to. Um, and, and if it's not fun, uh, you're doing the wrong thing. And if it is fun, at the very least you're having fun and, and it, it goes from there. Uh, I guess the only other thing I'd say is, you know, we have a new season of... Uh, That's right. I was going to make sure that you put your <laughs> Yeah, we have a new season of Great Moments of Weed History coming uh, starting March 19th. So there's, you know, 25 episodes you can listen to uh, from the first two seasons. And then we have uh, new stories coming out about uh, Grateful Dead, John Lennon, uh, Louisa May Alcott, who uh, wrote Little Women, but also wrote stories about getting wrecked on hashish candy. Uh a uh, gentleman, Alex Whiteplume, who's a, a, a Native American who took on the DEA to to grow hemp. So, um, yeah, we, yeah, I'm really excited about the new season. And, uh, yeah, check it out. You're going to find a show that you like, I, I, I would guess. If you like weed, if you love weed and you like history, you'll like the show. If you love history yeah. and you like weed, you're in for the show. If you don't like one or the other, you know, you can still give it a try. You should do it. Yeah, no, no, we uh, we listened to uh, we drove up to my fiance or now wife. We uh, drove up to Portland over Christmas and uh, listened to the show on the way back and and uh, really enjoyed uh, several episodes. And I've been listening to it uh, lately, trying to kind of catch up on some of your previous uh, seasons work. Um, so definitely suggest our listeners check it out. You can also check out David's website at davidbeanandstock.com. It has links to all the different things that he's done, including uh, the book that he wrote, How to Smoke Pot Properly, A Highbrow Guide to Getting High, which I own, <laughs> actually. Um, <laughs> I have at home. Uh, so, um, yeah, highly suggest checking out David's stuff. I always enjoy it. And um yeah, thank you so much for your time, David, today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bloom Booster with David Beanenstock. Thanks again to David for his time. I really appreciated it. If you enjoyed this show, please give us a review on iTunes and everywhere else. And just please share the word. If you have a message for me, if you check out the show notes of the show. There should be a link in there that I'll throw in there where you can actually record a message and send it in to me so I could include it in a future episode. You can also email me at Sam, that's S-A-M at cannabuzz.app.